I'm Chris, and uh, I'm C-Beam, and you are listening to Rocket Night. Sharice with Rocket Night. And today we are speaking with Chris Mills of C-Beam. We've been into his music since I'd say about 2021 when he came out with his album Neon Gods. And we reviewed uh, Tinfoil Hat. I love right. that song. Yeah. yeah, that's when that's right. you got onto our radar there. And Ed Straker, love that whole futuristic oh, yeah, that thing. <laughs> Is that's really fun? And so we've been into his uh, synth music for the last couple of years, but it's the first time we've been able to really speak to you. And we want to know who you are, Chris. <laughs> wow, where did we start? <laughs> who are you? <laughs> well, I have to say, I was kind of surprised in the, the attention that, that that I received from you because you, you, I, I perceive you as being a very rock metal kind of outfit yeah and there's often been a bit of a dichotomy between that rock you know the acoustic power of it the you know the, the it's an analog kind of thing and and between synth pop which is it's almost like they're different camps and yet you go deeper and you talk to a lot more people and it's it, now maybe it's not quite so different it's like gary newman has a fantastic kind of metal rock following and he's even electrified and rockified his sound more to appeal to that audience you know so yeah maybe it's not such a prize when you surprise when you really think about it and, and, and go into well, it it's certainly great when you when you reviewed um tinfoil hat and ed straker future i didn't expect it to happen but you did it was brilliant a lot of your synth music merged into goth and industrial though when you think about uh, it, I, su I suppose it's. Do you mean in general? Do you mean my yeah? Music? In general, it got really general, yeah. a hard edge. I, it I wasn't so. It, yeah. Yeah, it's it's inevitable. I mean, that that kind of um, warming up and, and richening of the sound. You know, if you go right back to Kraftwerk, that pure. They were in love with the pure electro. The apps. It was a purest thing. But it's inevitable that people will say, well, like Ultravox came along and thought, well, how can we make this sound richer, warmer, more interesting, almost like singing, like a vocal sound, Ultravox vocal. Uh, and it's just that's a natural development to always want to see where you can take something next. Mm -hmm. So I followed that kind of progression even in my own music that something with Neon Gods, pretty much a straight kind of synth pop sound, kind of mostly. But I found that with this latest album that's coming up, Jamming the Steam Towers, I really wanted to delve deeper. Uh, I'm really into um, a band that's then, they're kind of not really in the scene much now at all. It's World Party. One of my favourite albums that they came out with is Goodbye Jumbo. Um, so Carl Wallinger is the is one of my music heroes who's behind World Party. And that album has always fascinated me because it's so multifaceted. It's kaleidoscopic. It's got so much to it. From one song to the another, you're hearing this different emphasis. So I've always wanted to maybe get away from being conceptually tight and getting into something that's a bit more of a pastiche. So Jamming the Steam Towers is a pastiche. It's got elements of rock in it, 70s, a bit of folk, 
and it's got the synth pop, the synth music. It kind of goes across the epochs. That's what I've been aiming for. How successful that is, we shall let others decide. Actually, I listened to Jammin' the Steam Towers, and you're right. There is kind of a mix of genres in there. Your first song, Peekaboo, I'm fascinated with ah. it because it's very Oingo Boingo-ish, I feel. <laughs> Oingo Boingo, that's a, new, that's a new way of putting it. Yeah. yeah that was a collaboration with a guy called Clive Newlands, who I've sort of um, hooked up with kind of in recent months. He's a brilliant musician. So he came up with the actual musicality of that track. He composed it. He's a really good good musician and he said what he asked me can you come up with something for this mm -hmm. and you know a vocal you know and a lyric and uh, i listened to that and the beginning is very circus like it's it's uh kind of creepy creepy yeah kind of creepy chris creepy circus <laughs> stephen king clowns you know and well, um danny elfman yeah. danny elfman yes. and that's so i came up with this kind of lyric and it sounded and the way i sang it kind of sparks like like sparks remember them um and it really hung it, it just it seemed to come together really well I, was, I surprised myself and i think i surprised clive as well and uh yeah so we released that as a single you know a collaborative single uh yeah and i noticed this album is different because you are collaborating with a lot of different people you usually don't do that do you no it's the first time i've done something like that there's a guy called Rocky brooks down under in Australia, in Sydney. And he's a very, very good musician, very good songwriter. Heard a couple of his things on SoundCloud. And so it was a case of me approaching him and saying, hey, Lucky, this is really great. And uh, I'm putting together a new album. And there's there's a couple of songs here that are, you know I'd love to cover. And he said, yeah, go ahead, go for it. He, he was very unselfish about it. He said, as long as you credit me, of course you do that. You know, as long as you credit me, just do what you can with it. And I think... Um, I think it was pleasantly, pleasantly, um, pleasant reaction to those as well, to those songs. It's good fun hooking up with other people. It gives you a chance to diversify a bit and so now, onto your voice a little. He's in Australia, so obviously you're yeah. working remotely. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So we haven't never met in person. You know, there's almost everybody I've worked with. I've never met them in person. All the reviewers, DJs, podcasters. It's <laughs> they're all in this kind of. <laughs> limbo state somewhere else <laughs> you know yeah that's the way it is for, for a solo artist like me you know what if i ever go live or get with a, a group or band or something maybe that's different but at the moment it's i'm sealed inside this fortress of music with uh, uh and talking to people remotely or by email or like this as i'm mm -hmm. with you now technology is a wonderful thing <laughs> it is it is indeed it's changed everything uh, yeah, the song that you did with him, uh, Without Love, Nothing Without is Real, love, very pretty, is... very piano-driven. Thank you. Yeah, I'm very pleased with the, the, the result of that. Um, it is a pretty song. Very. Mm -hmm. I was trying to think of Donovan or maybe some of the 70s rock feel, slightly laid-back kind of hippie-like feel to it, you know? Uh I was picking up between that one and there's a song called Long Walk, Graham Summers. Oh, Long Walk. So that's Graham Both of Summers. the, it seems when you yeah. collaborate, you do more, I, I have to say, traditional music, but the zombies. The zombies? I think, yeah, I think of the oh, zombies. Yeah. That, that makes that you, you think of them with. Um, yeah, that, 60s that. kind of zombies yeah. because yeah. they did more traditional songs. Yeah. But beautiful and just lyrical. Yeah, it was just one of those tracks that just laid itself open for a natural approach. Don't try and be too clever with it. It is what it is, because that's the way Lockie Brooks writes his songs and Graham Summers too. There's more folk backgrounds 
So I don't think you should try and be too avant-garde or try and be too clever with mm -hmm. with music like that. Let it just breathe. You know, there's room for inventiveness with other genres and other mediums, but with that, with that, just let it breathe. You know, let the message come through. It's good that you're branching out like that. That means you're growing as a musician. I hope so. I hope so. I don't know where it's going to lead. Because mm -hmm. um, you see, the thing is, the reason I started in a, with synthesizers so much is because I felt confident there because my first instrument is piano, synth, keyboards. Mm -hmm. My guitar skills are not really as developed. So I've had to kind of pace myself as I go along in my musical journey to think, okay, and get some guitar into this now. I think I'm just about good enough to get some chords in there that sound right. But it's still it's still not the case where I'm doing Jimi Hendrix, Eric Clapton, Mark Knopfler, Dave Gilmore extravaganzas. I haven't got there yet. I'd, maybe I'll do a little bit more development on that. But it's, uh, I think it's a case that if you, as long as you, as long as you keep it right, it doesn't have to be music fireworks. But if it's structured well and it sits in with the music, that's fine. Yeah. But see, we'll see how things develop on the guitar front and do it using different instruments. Guitar's accompaniment. You can do yeah. your riffs with a piano. That's the keyboard. It. You, you don't yeah. need the guitar. <laughs> Not necessarily, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, with um, without love, nothing is really is pretty much powered by that piano. You know, yeah. those two chords. You know, and there's a little bit of strumming and guitar there in the background. And you carefully mix it in, you get a lovely blend. Mm -hmm. So, who is Graham Summers? Graham Summers is a folk musician who's based in the Leicester, Leicester or Leicestershire area where mm -hmm. where I live, and uh, I got um, through to him by hearing a free CD that was given to, to me by a Matt band member of his folk band. And there was a particular song, The Long Walk. Oh, that's absolutely beautiful. That is so gorgeous. I'd love it's to cover very that. very pretty. That's really where it starts, isn't it? You just think, that's gorgeous. I've got to do that. I've got to see how I can apply myself. And again, he had a really nice attitude about it. Yeah, go ahead. I think people are very flattered and they feel very pleased when somebody else comes up and says, I love your song so much. I'd like to see what I can do with it, you know? It's, I think that's the ultimate form of flattery, really, isn't it? I totally agree. That's what people say about covers. Yeah. yeah. Lots of times the, the covers sound better than the original. Sometimes, yes. Yes. I remember uh, when I was a student in Liverpool, there was a band called River City People who were big at the time, and they did a cover of California Dreaming. And that really made them. Like, they were quite a minor band before that. This is back in the 80s. But when they did that cover of California Dreaming, suddenly people were talking about them, oh, the River City people. Yeah. I, I think I met met one or two of them at, at some point. Um, but, it's yeah, you're right, how covers can, can sometimes make contact with your audience better than your own stuff. In fact, some of the music gurus on TikTok and Facebook and YouTube, a lot of them, particularly TikTok, are saying, you've got to do a cover, man, to get noticed. Do a cover. And you... <laughs> You know, it might not it might not be such a bad idea. You know? What's what's funny is when the younger generation thinks it's new, when the of song course. might be fifty yeah. years old. <laughs> generation Z haven't heard of Z. We say Z. Generation Z haven't yeah. heard of it. They'll think, oh, that's interesting. And I hope perhaps that's something I might achieve with um, jamming the steam towers, and it's plummeting back to delving back to some past forms. But it might sound fresh to a new audience. You know. I, which I hope, you know, I, I don't really care who my, who my, what age group I'm, I'm not really thinking about that, to be honest with you. I just make the music. I Most of your music, I just get a real 80s vibe. I was thinking of OMD and Squeeze. Okay, yeah, right. I happen to be an OMD fan, so. Oh, yeah, OMD, yeah. Yeah, I, 
I actually was an 80s club girl. That's why I like to cover this kind I believe of music. That. I Not believe just that. metal and rock. I can imagine it. Yeah. I was an 80s girl. So. Did you spike your hair up? <laughs> yep. Just loosen it up. Trust me. I, I, yeah, it's, were you dressed all in black? No, I actually always not, dressed not in really. bright, vibrant, vibrant ah, colors. I had my hair red back then. I had like a waterfall, like um, touch. What's a flock of seagulls? All <laughs> oh, that kind of thing. So you oh, weren't a goth. You're more I was, romantic. I looked like, uh, yeah, I, I was pretty wild looking back then. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> red hair. One thing, one burning question. I notice. Most of your music was done in around 2021, I'd say after COVID. Is that when you rediscovered music or have you been making music all along? What's what's your history? Yeah, there has been a long hiatus because I've dabbled in a lot in lot of different art forms. Music was kind of the first thing when I was little playing piano and a few little bands and outfits with my brothers. Then there was went to college and I did a bit more music there. And then I kind of got into art and visual arts and writing and I had these real aspirations into illustration and art and that got me into the computer games industry as a digital artist mm-hmm. and then it did, I did, dabbled in a bit of writing in more recent years and kind of music got pushed to the background and I convinced myself that this isn't something I can ever do and as you get older you think oh I can't do that oh you know you're not allowed to do that it's only for the young cool people and then I think oh hell with that and so in more recent years um, there's been a bit of a change of mentality uh, after the death of my parents, they passed away several years ago. And it's one of those things where you're suddenly reminded of your own mortality and you've got to do the things that you want to do because you don't have that long. And that sounds a bit depressing, but it's true. You need to do the things you want to do. You know, yeah. And the I, I did have a bit of another reminder of my mortality in October 2021 uh, when I, I had a heart failure. And uh, it was my pulse rate went down to something like 28 something happened like myocarditis or something yeah nobody could really pinpoint what it was but i had this massive arrhythmia and big bit i had to get straight into hospital and they, they kitted me out with all that i need to be kitted out with and they sorted me out i feel fantastic but again another reminder that you know you've got to do what you want to do so this album has been since warriors that single you reviewed that um that warriors was was based on that event that you come out of something and you realize you've got to kind of fight and keep forging onwards because you don't have that long make the most of it to have a warrior spirit don't let people put you off don't let people put you down because people will when when they get jealous of what you're doing or they won't recognize you they won't acknowledge you you know uh you just have to push them to the background and keep going and just do what you want to do say no to the haters Oh, well, they're not haters. It's it's more just <laughs> say no to the ignorers, really, you know, because you're doing, you know, what, when, you, when you do interesting, creative things, it gets them to question their lives and they start thinking, well, maybe the things that they'd like to do and they haven't, and they've neglected. And I think some people feel a bit threatened by that, you know, and they, and they, they punish you with silence because <laughs> you're doing something they're not, you know, you just have to, to get on with it and, and keep, keep your, eyes and ears and your, your brain to those people who appreciate what you're doing. I think there's ageism too here. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. And because, you know, a lot of people my own similar age, you know, they, they, you know that that's what they're thinking. You're too old to be doing that. Yeah. You know, well, 
again, wrong. Because and I said this somewhere else in an interview that if you're writing a book and you're in your 40s or 50s, nobody questions that. They think that's okay. But with music, it somehow becomes a different matter because of the perception of what particular pop music and rock music represents teenage rebellion but no not necessarily if you just love music and you love you know putting sounds together the whole creative aspect that's timeless that doesn't belong to any generation that's universal so you tap into that without worrying about things like that you know that's that's the way i i keep forging on music that is good is good no matter when it was written that's right yeah i mean Look, you know, I love going back into my CD collection and uh, and delving back into into music that's gone by. I and mean, people might criticise Coldplay for going very poppy, but then you look at the back catalogue. You go back to Rush of Blood to the Head and Milo Ziloto and Parachutes. You think you know something? This was bloody good music. This was really, really good. And people can be very fickle, and they they judge a band on what they kind of did more recently, and they forget about the back catalogue. But what a, what a tremendous thing, what tremendous stuff they've come up with. It shouldn't be forgotten. And it's important for musicians to do that. Raid the vinyl collection, raid the CDs, go back, listen, retrieve. And I wish that I hadn't got rid of so many CDs. I made this mistake of thinking, oh, it's all streaming. And I did this ridiculous thing of chucking out loads and loads of really good CDs. What an idiot. Now I'm in the process of trying to get them all back. And I'm finding in the local charity shops, I'm pretty convinced that they're the CDs that I gave them, you know, from Oxfam and people, you know, the Heart, British Heart Foundation. They got these fantastic CD collections. I think most of them are from me. <laughs> I better not throw my away, throw my CDs away because oh, I was thinking the same thing. Like, You'll regret like, it. Declutter my life. I'm trying to get rid of stuff and declutter my life. And but yeah, yeah, you know, some things are not clutter. They mean it's like there's William Morris, the great designer, has said, "Have nothing in your life that is neither useful nor beautiful." And I'd say that CDs are beautiful. Well, records, you know, tangible media is useful and it is beautiful. So don't don't get rid of it. That's part of your life. That's what I would say. Back to your music. One thing that I notice, very smart lyrics, a lot of very smart lyrics, a lot of criticism of culture. Uh, you talk about science and future a lot. I suppose talk I do. About, yeah, you do. Well, son of a scientist, I think. <laughs> well, even Tinfoil also... Hat. Tinfoil Hat yeah. is a criticism. Of... Hey, you know, I just was thinking about that today, and I've been seeing how many ufo reports there are it's coming thick and fast and i i don't think it can all be fake you know i'm thinking there's actually something to this something's going on even the american in washington they've they've pretty much said there's stuff up there which's flying around that defies the laws of physics it's not made by any of our lot no other nation not us it comes from somewhere else that's American officialdom saying that in government and across the world. So if they're saying it, something's definitely going on. So maybe the tinfoil hatters are not tinfoil hatters. Maybe they've got, maybe they might be onto something. I was just thinking about that. Have I been a bit unfair in that song? You know? Well, there's there's a lot of conspiracies. So yeah. maybe the UFO thing might be real, but mm. other things are just. It's the things that build up around it. Yeah. When people start getting some really <laughs> weird stuff. Yeah. That, that you think, well, I know, oh, no, that's, that's I'm just into nuts. science and I know you are too. I, didn't yeah. your 
wasn't your father a scientist? He was. He, yeah. he was. He, he lectured at Leicester University in planetary science, which brings together the disciplines of astronomy and geology. So he was. He had a fascinating job. I used to love visiting him. Uh, the office that he had. He had all these ammonites and geological rock formations and star maps. He really was the proverbial professor, you know. Um, yeah, big influence on me because he he was a scientist through and through, and he. He had no time for any kind of mysticism, nothing that couldn't be proven. Whereas it's going to be a bit schizophrenic, really, but my mother was very religious. So I had this kind of duality, this kind of dual upbringing for someone who's very religious, very, you know, really almost like a Catholic, you know, it's a high church Christianity. And then then dad, who is a kind of agnostic scientist. Mm -hmm. So I see things from both both sides of the story, and I just wonder at what point in our human development, maybe the two strands of of religion and science or faith and science, spirituality and science may come together in some convergence that uh, to produce a third statement, something that's different. I think in a hundred years time, there'll be something, some kind of philosophy that will blend, be a blend of the two and we shall see. Well, I won't be around to see it. No, we won't but, be. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> why don't. you have to make music and that's this your legacy. It. That's it. <laughs> that's your legacy. Please remember you futuristic people with your, silicon implants in your brains yeah just remember us (laughs) now some of your songs touch on literature too like toad of toad hall wind in the willows and wind in the willows yeah i mean every song tells a story doesn't it and um i i I like to think all of my songs are based upon there's a real life kind of experiences things people have said you know things i've seen little quips like a poet you know and my wife julia said to me not so long ago we talked about all the things i've done like the art and the music and uh, and writing hopping from different things one thing to another she says you're like toad of toad hall in wind in the willows this restless character mm-hmm. he's, he's got one hobby after another you can never stick to one thing <laughs> it made me laugh i think yeah maybe that's a bit of my life story well, really. you're on a wild ride <laughs> yeah. i'm trying with the music to be a bit more consistent and stick with it and not get distracted i'm trying not to be too toad like mm-hmm. he's a fascinating character and he, he ends up in all kinds of trouble doesn't he in the book <laughs> My favorite ride at Disney World is Mr. Toad's ride. Yeah. <laughs> it is. I should, have done a, I should have done a video to that. It would have been quite funny. Yeah, going through well, that just, ride. Yeah, yeah, well, I could do a retrospective video. You know, you don't always have to do a video at the time that you're releasing a song. You could sort of do it, you know, looking back and, and release it. And, yeah, you can do that. Now, Chris, you're kind of a one-man show, have you ever thought or are you planning to do anything live? I'd love to, you know, but it's getting the confidence and the resources together. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can do go down the – if you're a solo artist, you can go down that route of backing tapes mm-hmm. and stuff. But I always think that's a bit like karaoke. And mm-hmm. I don't want to be a glorified karaoke act. Yeah. Uh, so, I'll, yeah, I – I'm, be- I'm I'm being a bit lazy on that front. It's something I'd love to do, but you, you've got to you know you've got to put together the people and to organise yourself into a live uh, context is very different to you know, working in your studio. At the moment, I'm a studio rat, you know, looking through the chinks in the wall and thinking you know, there's a there is a wider world out there that I really should be part of. Well, let's see how it goes. It might never happen. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I, I, it'd be fantastic if uh, if I could work with a record company or something yeah. like that and maybe put together some musicians 
and tour it or something like that but that hasn't happened not yet anyway well i mean some of the one guy graham is local more or less i mean couldn't yeah, you yeah. do some duo gigs with maybe, somebody just maybe. to get your feet wet or something it's an idea yeah yeah mm -hmm. it's just reaching out a bit but you, you you feel that these people have their own lives their own musical journeys they've got their own bands together their own sound and I guess I'm quite possessive about the sound that I have. And would anyone be able to to sort of put together the way I'd like it? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm I'm a bit afraid of myself, really, that I might be a bit of a a, a, a bit of a fascist when it comes to kind of getting that sound that I want and to piss people off. Yeah, yeah. there's things to think about. Well, that's that's one plus of being a solo artist. You have complete artistic control. Yes, it's the control. That's the other control. You control freak you. It's great, yeah. yeah. Put the jack boots on. Yeah. This is my kingdom. And and one thing with live, I guess when you have layers and layers of synth in a recording, it might be kind of hard to reproduce that. Or? Well, yeah, that's something that's um, not long comparing myself too much with Gary Newman uh he's he often has to tirelessly explain to people why he uses so much backing in his live shows he gets complaints that's not live you know it's a backing tape but he says look I've got that many different layers of sound as you've just yeah. said there that many layers of sound going on it's kind of automated anyway in the sense that it comes from sequenced arrangements so that is a, that is a backing tape anyway. That's a, that's automation anyway. And if you're trying to replicate the sound on his vinyls with purely with players, he'd probably need ten different keyboard players on stage. That's a lot it's of people true. to pay, you but, know. And it's a lot more to organise and a lot more to go wrong. So yeah, he does rely upon sort of automated backing, but it makes sense in the context of what he does as primarily an electronic synth orientated artist. And it's yeah. funny because audiences, they feel, oh, it doesn't sound like the record if you play something live. Exactly. But then if, but yeah. then if you put in a string section or something, then they're pissed like it's Millie Vanilli fake. Yes. It's, oh, God, yeah, I remember Millie You know what I'm that, Remember that? that? <laughs> no, that's pretty extreme, though, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, they, they, Sorry oh, about that. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, that's, that really isn't extreme. But I, I don't think there's a problem with having some sort of, uh, I mean, you know, it's embellishments. Sort of, there's nothing embellishment. wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with it, that. You know, it's nothing wrong with it. And as you say, some audience, they want to hear some of those sounds that they expect from the mm -hmm. from, from the recording. From yeah. yeah. And if you don't do that, they'll think you sound a bit tinny and mm. a bit hollow. So, yeah, yeah. Well, we're almost out of time, unfortunately. Oh. So uh, I want to know what's on the horizon for the rest of the year. You're going to put out more videos, singles, I presume. Ooh. I'm going to be putting a lot of energy into promoting this album that's mm -hmm. Jamming Steam Towers is coming out May the 19th. So I'm going to be putting some energy into that and getting it, try and get it heard as many as possible because I'm also doing it on CD and vinyl as well, hopefully. Oh, Definitely vinyl, CD nice. And hopefully vinyl as well. I'm looking into all of these things. So that's another new thing. But previously, it's all been just streaming. Mm -hmm. So that will take up a bit of energy. But I think musically speaking, I need a bit of a, a bit of a, what's the word, hiatus, a, spe mm -hmm. a spell of rest just yeah. to, you know, to, to empty my head a little bit, the ash, let the ashes settle, and then see what comes up uh, maybe in a couple of months' time. 
that's that's the plan and uh, i may be doing some more collabing as well with a, a certain person but I'll, I'll i'll keep that space open see what's in the news so you can do some more cultural criticism cultural criticism <laughs> <laughs> oh i don't want to, i don't want to get the reputation of a cultural critic that sounds very very dull we're in election <laughs> year this year so we're getting into oh i hear what's going on over in, oh i'm sorry oh, maybe we... i am i overstepping the mark by expressing <laughs> What's it's going usually on not a pretty and... thing over here. <laughs> God, it sounds like a nightmare. It really I know. does. They're it's... burning the books, man. What was that? Excuse burning, me. Burning books. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's going back to the witch trials. <laughs> yeah, the Salem witch trials. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, yeah, back in the Middle Ages. Well, it certainly has resonances with pre pre war Germany, but really. yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, the 1930s, it does. It does. Right. There's a lot to a lot you guys have to do to, to combat it and fight it with all of your might. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, that's my belief. Censorship never was a good thing. Let's put it this way. Oh, it's a democracy, it's freedom yes. of speech. You, you don't burn books in a democracy. For God's it, sake. If you don't want to look at something, don't look at it. Exactly. You know? Yeah. It's people, choice. Choose, but these, yeah. well, we're going to go deep into, into politics if we're, if we're not careful. Well, <laughs> okay, I think okay. it's hard, we'll, but, but, we'll but keep it. We'll keep it. it's difficult not to be political, isn't it? It's so worrying. It's so concerning. It's difficult well, it's, not to be political. Yeah. It's just that some of the lyrics and stuff, are, well, I mean, like tinfoil hat or whatever, and they're just kind of, um, you know, Cult, I'd say cultural criticism, which is to me is yeah, cultural comment. Yeah, I say comment, social yeah, comment. Yeah. You can say yeah, yeah. I'm proud of it though. I do like that single, and I'm, I'm tempted to make people. Yeah, it's, it comes out well, but it, uh, I just question perhaps some of the the sentiments behind it as further truths seem to emerge. It, it was that song mm. that caught my uh, interest in yeah. your music, so. That's great. It's it something caught some it. other people's attention too. There must yeah. be something about it. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep we'll keep going at it. And maybe do something similar to it in due course. Who knows? We'll keep doing what you're doing, and we'll be coming out with our review of your new album coming out. I look in forward May. to seeing that. Yeah, I look forward to seeing that. Definitely. And as yeah. always, keep in touch with us, and we'll Will continue do. to support you and your music because I do like synth music. Well, I'm very honoured. <laughs> Very honoured indeed. Thank you so much for giving me your time. Like I said, I was a nightclub dance girl for many years. So So I feel it's upbeat music. It's stuff that I like to listen to in the car. Oh, yeah. I like listening to music in the car. Yeah, it keeps keeps the hostility down. Yeah, it does. You're in your own little bubble, your own little sort of cocoon. Yeah. Gary you. Oh. It is. With the window up, you're listen that's, that's all you have is this, the music and you listen to the lyrics. I remember and, yeah. in Britain with a, with our weather, the, the window's usually closed. I'm in shorts <laughs> right now, baby. <laughs> I'm in shorts. Oh, I'm jealous. In I'm Florida. Jealous. Here is Sea Beam with Starships.
listening to Rock at Night. The introductory song, Get On Down, is from blues artist Billy, Billy Bass Alford. Look for his music at ReverbNation.com. <laughs> 